Alright everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, October 11th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed, we're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, let's get into this, because we got a lot to talk about here. We got a lot to talk about, so so you're going to plow, and uh, then we'll talk about this plow. But it, it's, it's, it's a disappointing plow, that's all I'll say to set it up. Now, now, now plow. Okay. Number one, No Time to Die, $55.2 million in its first weekend. Number two, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, $32 million, down 64%. It is now at $141.6 million in its second weekend. Number three, Adam's Family 2, $10.1 million, down only 42% for a total of 31.2 in its second frame. Number four, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, $4.3 $4.3 million, down only 29%, lost 655 theaters. It's now at $212.5 million in its sixth weekend. Number five, The Many Saints of Newark, $1.4 million, down 69%. It is standing at 7.3 in its second weekend. That is your top five. Now, when we did our top fives, we had mm-hmm. all of these right, except for we thought Free Guy was going to overtake Many Saints, and it almost yeah. did because yeah, Free Guy was with, at 1.2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within 200,000 of, of us being right, I guess Many Saints of Newark held up a little better than we were expecting. It dropped 69%, which frankly, as bad as that sounds, is Better than I thought it would have done in its second weekend. So good on many Saints of Newark for not completely flatlining in the second weekend. Yeah, but that that is not a story. That movie is dead. That Maybe. movie is dead. I mean, listen, you said you didn't want to talk about it all. I'll just throw this in there. I did see this week that apparently this past week the views for the tv episodes of the sopranos on hbo max were higher than i think any series they've ever had in one week so basically in the end many saints of newark is not so much a movie that was meant to do well in the movie theaters it was a storefront it was a front for the mafia it was was a a way of, of getting people in the door to watch Sopranos. So it, it was a front in the end. Well, didn't we also got an email from Austin that said his girlfriend watched this film, thought it was unintelligible, but it led her to watching the series, which she enjoys now. So yeah, that's, that's, I guess it was, it was a, it was a front. It was an infomercial too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so strange. Cause yeah, Austin said that, uh, from her outsider's perspective, the movie was just total bewilderment and confusion, but it got her to start the show. That's such an interesting success story, because very rarely do you hear about a new a product or an advertisement, which is basically what the Many States of Newark was, an advertisement that causes nothing but bewilderment and confusion, but it got them to try the product. So usually bewilderment confusion doesn't work but in this case it did so so i guess many saints of newark is a success in that people were thoroughly confused 
but they wanted more. So good for them. So let's get to the big story. No Time to Die, 55.2. That's what the number says. I know Deadline is saying 56. It's also mm-hmm. came out with this uh, headline this morning about how, because it's a holiday Monday, this is going to be a 60-plus four-day weekend. Forget that mess. We're talking mm-hmm. about the regular weekend here, 55, way lower than all of us expected. Now, the studio was saying 55 to 60, and originally, during the weekend, the beginning, it was going to do 60, which we were all disappointed in, but then it started dropping. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. after the Thursday preview numbers came in, the initial, initial early Friday predictions went to 70. After the Thursday numbers came in. Then as the day Friday into Saturday went on, by Saturday morning, it was looking like in the 60s. Then, of course, like you said, the final three-day total was 55. This was a reverse Bad Boys for Life weekend. Mm -hmm. In that, as the weekend went on, the number just kept getting lower. The estimate kept getting lower. And the final Monday total was a huge disappointment compared to what we were thinking on Friday. Whereas, of course, the famous Bad Boys for Life weekend back in January 2020, uh, we had that you know once-in-a-lifetime excitement of the number kept growing as the weekend kept going on. The estimates rose on Friday night, on Saturday, into Sunday. The estimate kept rising. No Time to Die was the opposite. Just a steady decline all weekend. I mean... I think what we have to talk about is did the expectations for this film heading into the weekend just get absurdly high? They did. You know, because they did. We, listen, we didn't go that far, so we're not to blame. You know, we went as high as we thought maybe low 80s. That was our final prediction. That was our prediction even after the emergency episode we did last week where those really high Fandango pre-sale numbers came in. We still didn't go to 90 and we didn't go to 100, but there were people who went out there. So let's start off. You would say those 90 and 100 were always absurd predictions. Yeah. I mean, it was easy to get caught up in this hype. It was easy Mm -hmm. to get caught up in the PR blitz. I think releasing that idea that the pre-sales were higher than Venom and F9 were misleading. And I said on our emergency episode, the reason being is that the oldsters will pay ahead of time and Venom Mm. and F9 are not for the oldsters. Mm. Bond is for the oldsters. So of course, they're going to want to have their seat ahead of time. They're not going to do walk-up business. So it's misleading to say that there were, that was going to lead to a higher box office than Venom. So I do think that that was ridiculous to say 90 to 100. But the 70 to 80 seemed like it could happen because it's the last film in the Craig series of Bond films. Mm -hmm. And people like a last film. They want to, you know, there seemed like there's momentum after Venom, just people feeling more safe being in the theater. And, you know, there's always the thing I think that always catches me is that Skyfall number, that 88.7 right. opening, 
which right. is way bigger than any of these other Daniel Craig openings have been. Because Spectre mm-hmm. opened to 70. Right. You know, right. so I think that just went through the roof for some reason. It's such an outlier in the series. But everybody thought, okay, well, Spectre people didn't like. People seem to kind of like this film. So maybe it'll go back to Skyfall numbers. And that was just such an outlier as we see now. So it makes sense that this film did what it did when we look at the demos. But yeah, I think I'm a little embarrassed that I got caught up in the hype for this. I mean, I really wanted this to be big to keep that momentum going because I thought the big the the, the big disappointment's going to be Dune. Right and, right. and I wish that this could have done 70 and then we're going to have a big Halloween kills number and then Dune would be okay, well, not everything could be a big hit. But this was a little deflating. It's not scaring it's not should scare it shouldn't scare anybody away. People didn't want to see this movie. It was too long. Nobody cares about Bond, at least young people. And this movie is a slog. It's and, Yeah, again, we're not reviewers, but I did see this movie last night. And this movie, making $55 million, I think is a testament to how strong the box office is and how people just want to get out and see anything. Because th- this new, listen, I'm not a Bond guy. You know, we're, we're not boomers. We're not okay boomers. Bond isn't our guy. And that said, this was weak, even for a Bond film. It's a slog. It's a dreary mess. It, you said it was punishing. happy time. It's punishing. It's physically, mentally punishing. It is, you know, the Craig Bonds, I think, couldn't end soon enough. I'm excited for anyone else to play this character and bring some fun and pizzazz to the franchise. I think, you know, one thing that we didn't really talk about in terms of predicting this number for No Time to Die is the fact that the last Bond film people saw was Spectre. And Spectre was by far the least positively reviewed of the of the Craig Bond films and the most disliked amongst audiences so this Bond film is coming after a Bond film that people did not like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to, to tie back to one of the, the great theories of uh, Forbes box office writer and box office legend Scott Mendelson, the Tomb Raider trap of how the, the audience response to a hit movie can affect the box office for its sequel. And I think the fact that Spectre was not well liked, even though it was a long time ago and People have forgotten about it. Enough people remember that they didn't like it. And that is going to cause a downturn in the box office. You know, people didn't like that movie. Why would they be excited to see the next one in that series? Yeah. And and here's this is the I think the most telling statistic here is the number of 18 to 34 four year olds who went to this movie. It was 39 percent were 18 to 34 Mm-hmm. Compare that to sixty four percent who went to see Venom. Wow! So wow. I, the young people don't give a shit about Bond. Yep. And I think that shows. And I think you know they're acting like, oh, we will reboot him and make him younger. It's like there's more to it than that because Bond is broken. Bond is mm-hmm. is a character that might be too out of time because mm-hmm. we love Bond as a horny guy. 
And he's mm-hmm. not horny in these movies. Bond was always the fun-loving, horny dude, and now mm-hmm. he's dehorned. He's not horny anymore. And I don't think I don't think uh, the younger people want a horny Bond. I don't think they want a Bond at all. Yeah, you can't just you can't just give this Bond uh uh you know like a razor scooter or 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 throw on rollerblades or whatever whatever it is the kids are into whatever extreme sports they're into you can't just get a young bond and put him on a razor scooter and, and, and now the kids are going to love him it's it's not going to work so i i think it's just bond at this point is inherently an oldster's character and, and I, yeah. it has to be budgeted appropriately. I think that's the main thing. You can make your bonds and you'll always be able to make uh, a big, relatively big opening weekends on bond movies, but you're not going to make Marvel venom hundred million dollar opening money on these bond movies anymore because we've, we've definitely passed the tipping point of youngsters caring about bond movies to that level. So you have to budget these movies as, these are movies that are going to make the kind of money you can make off an old store audience. So I think the bond budgets have to be lower because they cannot make a hundred million dollars with the audience that would go see them. So Pat, you're telling me that $250 million was too much for this film. Oh my God. I mean, it, listen, it's preposterous. You know, the budgets on these movies, uh, as a rule, honestly, other than MCU movies, which they could spend whatever they want on those, as a rule, these movie budgets are going to have to get lower. But Bond, especially because the days are gone when the Bond movie is going to be one of the top two to five movies of a year, because mm-hmm. there is just not enough of a young youngster audience that is going to go see these Bond movies for that to happen. And you can't budget these Bond movies as being one of the top five most expensive movies of a year. It just doesn't, the math doesn't work anymore because $55 million opening weekend off of the oldster audience is good. But it's just not going to be top movie of the year anymore. And that that's Bond, you know, Bond is at that age where, like many oldsters, he's going to have to start to downsize. You Mm -hmm. know, you get to a certain age, you're retired, you're living off the government cheese, living off a pension, whatever you're able to get together. And you got to downsize your lifestyle. The kids are out of the house bond. And maybe it's time to sell whatever house you're living in and move down south. This is the bond is at the time in his career, the time in his life where it's time to downsize and move to North Carolina. It, it it does make you wonder if F9 was put into this slot, mm-hmm. if it had this release date, what it could have done. Because it opened to 70. And the F9, the F9, well, not the, the Furious series, the, the Fast and Furious series, mm-hmm. that series skews younger, more mm-hmm. diverse. Right, right. And with the amount of people and the type of people that are going to the theaters right now, you know, that movie could have reached 90 opening. I mean, we could have seen a huge opening for that film if it opened in this time. Because there was Possibly. still... You know, I, I, I mean, maybe not. But I, I think that 
this I wish that a I wish that a movie that more people were psyched about would have opened right after Venom to continue the momentum. And, yeah, and, I, I, and, and I think Kills will do. I think Halloween Kills is maybe going to do uh, better. I think it. I think it. There's a chance that it could make more money than this film in its opening weekend, more than fifty five, fifty six. Because yeah, we'll, that that we'll, demo is going to the theater. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that when we when we do our preview for next weekend. Um, you know, in terms of No Time to Die doing fifty five. It's a relative disappointment, again, to to where some of the predictions got at the end of last week. The fact that it does come in $15 million lower than the, the last Bond film, Spectre. But again, for the box office, for, for us looking at the health of the box office, when we're looking at a top three where a movie made $55 million, the second movie made $32 million, and the third place movie made $10 million, that is still to me really encouraging because to have a 32 million and a 55 million at the top, we haven't had that since the reset. I don't think we haven't had two movies both make that much money. So even though Bond came in lower than we were hoping, it's still a pretty good uh sign, I think, overall. I mean, I think that the the big thing that we're learning and this is also something mentioned in a uh, email that we got this past weekend from Adam from the Stacks is that it is clear the oldsters are not going back to the movie theaters or at least not to the level that they used to. And whether they ever come back, we don't know. But as Adam from the Stacks has said, and I don't know if I go this far, he says the baby boomers are done going to the movies. It's over. Bond's failure marks the death knell. They are too comfy. I mean, I I would agree with that. I think this is like everything. This pandemic has expedited certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, the shorter windows, the streaming day and date, the PVOD stuff. I think that this is a generational shift happening. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree with that. I do think that there are people even our age, maybe a little bit older, who are thinking, I'm not going to go to the theater anymore. It's not worth the hassle. Right, right. And so the youngsters are taking over. And you're going to see some instability in some of these tried and trues like Bond that used to be so we knew what we were going to get from them. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It's going to be interesting when they try to roll out a new bond in 2024 or 2023 or whenever they choose to do it, because that just might be an IP that nobody cares about because that generation has moved on. So I do think there is a generational shift and I think it's going to we're going to have to move our heads to a different space to see to to make these predictions Mm -hmm. because nobody I didn't I didn't predict Venom doing 90. Yeah, yeah. Th- this past two weekends in a row is such a clear, clear picture of what the box office audience is. You know, because Venom is the youngster's hero. He is the the meme hero. He's the the one that you you see as dancing gifts on social media. And Bond is the boomer's hero. And one 
way exceeded expectations and one went way below expectations. And, you know, again, we talk a lot about when the B.O. boys finally write the, the history of this era of box office. This two weekends back to back is possibly very historic. The rise of Venom and the fall of Bond is is just a perfect snapshot of what this audience is and where it's going. Yeah, and you know what? I'm we've talked about this off mic a lot and I think we've mentioned it on mic, but Scuzz, Scuzz is coming back. Venom is scuzzy. Mhm. Let There Be yeah. Carnage is a scuzzy movie and Bond it's kid has scuzz. no scuzz. It's introductory scuzz. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's yes, it's PG-13 scuzz, which you know, and that's that's why I think a movie like The Suicide Squad mm-hmm. is a little before its time. Because mm-hmm, I, th- mm-hmm. I think a film like that, if that comes out when these Venom kids are old enough to go see it, the Venom and Carnage Babies, that movie does Baffa Bobo, also not being available on HBO Max, too. Mm-hmm, I mean, those mm-hmm. things. If you had a movie like that in two to three years, that's one of the biggest movies ever because it's so scuzzy. But yeah, that, I think that's I think that is definitely coming back. I, I, I yeah, I'm a little less on the scuzz is back train than you are based off of Venom because Venom to me it's more the youth. Venom feels authentic in a way that Bond doesn't right now. You know, you look at Venom, and Venom is a movie star that is very authentic, very comfortable in in who he is, who the audience thinks he is has a clear picture of himself. It it all feels right. You look at Bond, the way Craig is playing him, and just the way Bond is presented, and it all feels uncomfortable. It feels forced. You know, they they don't know. It's like you said, they don't know how to present Bond to these modern audiences, so they're they're trying to, uh, not to say woke, anything like that, but they're, they're trying to, I guess, modernize him in a way that no one is buying. You know, the oldsters don't want it changed and the youngsters don't care if it's changed because they've already made their opinion on Bond. So that, it all comes off as, as just forced in a way that Venom feels of the now. Venom feels true to itself. And the youngsters, say whatever you want about them, but they, they could sniff uh, fakeness. And, and I think they sniff that with, with Bond. If you move away from your core audience and the reason why people like your character, that I don't think is smart business. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I think Bond moved away from what people liked about the character. And does a a character like Bond, the way he existed in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and early 2000s, is, is that a character that is even relevant in these times? That's another question, because yeah. you know, then is it just a niche? Is it just a niche character? You know, and I don't think these people don't these companies don't want to go back. They don't want to do the Bumblebee type of movie where it's let's take the let's take the uh, budget down. Let's mm-hmm. do a small movie about uh, one Transformer, and then. 
you know, th- it feels like when that movie didn't do uh, like world crushing box office, it feels like, well, now we just got to reboot the whole thing. Right, right. They don't want to go smaller. They don't want to make a Bond movie for forty-five, fifty million dollars, and yep. give it to somebody who's got a vision, and then see what happens. That would just be at this point going backwards, and nobody wants to go backwards. Well, I think that's I think- a smart move. I think that's a smart move, but they won't do it because when you have the when you have a billion-dollar baby, like Skyfall was. Anything mm-hmm. less than that is a failure in their in their eyes. Yeah, I think a good comp for the Bond franchise is the Star Trek franchise. Because Star Trek is another one of those oldster franchises that is never going to be uh, a top of the line for the youngsters franchise anymore. But the studio keeps budgeting these movies at that level. You know, the Star Trek budgets... And this is something Scott Mendelson has written about a lot. Are always really high. They're two, three hundred million dollar productions, and they never make the amount of money that a Marvel movie does or a Star Wars movie does. And it gets to the point where then it's just not worth making them anymore. You know that's why we haven't had a new Star Trek movie in years. And I do think Bond isn't at that point yet. Bond is obviously still a better bet than the Star Trek movies, but it's going to get into that spot where if you keep budgeting the Bond movies at that level, it's going to be not worth making them anymore because the the young audience has has moved on and they're not going to make Star Wars Marvel level box office. Yeah, Uh, you can't get into the game of with IP well, this this could do this, or this should do this. It's what does it do? Mm-hmm. You know, what can it actually do? And you have to budget accordingly, like you said. It's just, you've got to know what your IP is and not try to force it and force it and force it because you're just throwing good money after bad. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, the thing is, Craig has been doing these Bond movies for so long and his Bond is, even aside from the Bond character being just something that's not of this time, the Daniel Craig version of it is so not of this time because he's so much in the 2000s, you know, like torture porn, born identity era of movies. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, like Daniel Craig's Bond started in the time of Hostel, which is they felt very much of the same movie moment. And horror movies are not like Hostel or Saw movies right now. Yet Bond is still currently from the torture porn era of movie making. Well, didn't he in the first or second movie, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he get his testicles electrocuted? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The the first Bond movie was right in the middle of the hostile era and it, it felt that way. And horror has moved on, but Bond is still is still in torture porn land. You know, and it's th- still grim and sad and like overly violent and bond has always been violent but but in a way that just feels uh, you know it, it feels very much of the bush early obama era 
Yes. And in and, and the the woman in, in charge of Bond, I'm sorry, her last name is Broccoli. Is it Barbara Broccoli? What's her name? I think it's Barbara Broccoli. Yeah, it's the Broccolis. Yeah. Yeah. So so she was saying that they're not going to choose a new one until 2022 and that they want to go younger. This is the rumors that they want somebody in the in their 30s. It's like you dug that hole yourself. Don't act like don't act like you didn't know what you were doing because I think it was the second no it was the third bond movie skyfall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we talked about this when we saw this movie together and they're talking about the characters in the film are saying you're so old james you're old you're old don't in the third film of your fran- of your franchise where you want this guy to be there for 15 years and it's you're six seven years into it calling this guy an old geezer Right. Because the audience is going to be like, you know, you're right. Bond is too fucking old. Right. There is a line in No Time to Die where James Bond and uh, uh, Christoph Waltz is playing Blofeld. And they're, they're in an interrogation scene. And at one point, Christoph Waltz says to him, James, we're just two old men sitting in a hole. And <laughs> that is... In what you think is going to be a $100 million opening weekend movie, we are, James, we are two old men sitting in a hole, and James Bond to that just nods. And that is in this movie going up against Venom, who is running around screaming with his tongue out, constantly eating pizza, eating heads, eating chocolate himself, love sweets. Yep. Couldn't be a younger, a more vibrant character, this Venom. And James Bond and his villain are two old men sitting in a hole. Wow. I think for Bond, it was time to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, again, I have a hard time even calling this a disappointment because having seen this movie and, and knowing now where the the audience for movie going is which is young 55 million is fine you know i think that the thing with these bond movies is also they're usually pretty leggy for action movies so that's going to be the thing to see these next few weeks is does it leg out the way bond movies usually do i mean listen 55 million opening weekend we're in the territory where there is a chance where this flames out and somehow doesn't hit 100 million domestic. There is that nightmare scenario. I think it's unlikely, but there is that. But we're definitely in a period where you open to $55 million. It may only end up making like 120 or 130 million domestic. You know, that that is where we're at with Bond. The positives for Bond, the thing that it has to look forward to is that since the audience is oldsters, they mm-hmm. are less likely to run out, rush out, and see a film. Mm-hmm. That's why these Bond films have legs. You know, it takes it takes us a little bit longer to get warmed up, to want to go out somewhere. And I think that could mean that this film could still leg out. But yeah, it definitely could. I'm not predicting the nightmare scenario, but but it's possible. But this kind, 
it's possible with this opening weekend that the total is that low. But I, I agree. I don't think that'll happen. The oldsters will probably keep coming out the next few weeks. And it'll probably, but I mean, like 150 domestic? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily going to go much higher than triple its opening weekend. No, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think the next, I mean, Monday, like today will be interesting to see what it does on this holiday holiday Monday. Mm-hmm, Although mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to make I, I don't know if it's going to make that much of a difference. No, and and this the 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 you know, the October Monday holiday is is not a national holiday everywhere. It's not as much of a big movie going holiday. It's not Memorial Day or Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or anything like that. So I I don't think this holiday weekend really matters that much. No. Um I think it's going to be a little better than average Monday, but but otherwise it's not that important. But you know, here's the thing. And this is just one man, but I, I looked at this box office, 55.2, mm-hmm. and then I'm already not a, ba- a Bond fan, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about maybe seeing this film because it's the last one, why not? Then you told me how punishing it was, mm-hmm. and those three things made me uh, come to the conclusion that I'm not going to see this film. Now, if this film would have opened to 70... And you would have went inside and said, oh, well, it's punishing. I I still might have saw it because right. I do have the the regal uh, pass and I need mm-hmm. to make up for the money. Right. And so I would have maybe still seen it because I would have felt like, okay, this is a hit. I need to see what's going on with this hit. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. This is still big. It's still a big movie. I don't want to downplay it, but it, it didn't overperform. And if it would have over overperformed, I would that would have pushed me over to the side of seeing it. But now that it is performed in line with what the studio said, but way under what all of us said, mm-hmm. there's really no reason for me to want to see this film. Yeah, it doesn't. This movie didn't have the kind of opening weekend where the number itself entices people to go the following weekend. You know, this isn't a number that's going to create buzz. It may not create you know, uh, uh, bond is bond is done type hysteria. It didn't come in. It didn't open in the forties, no. but it definitely didn't open it at a level where the, you gotta be part of this buzz is happening. That that's for sure. It's a, it's a mediocre number that definitely is going to make it harder to justify budgeting these bond movies, at this level. I think it definitely seals the end to the Daniel Craig era, because after this number, I can't imagine why a studio would be like, we've got to get him back. You know, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, he's wanted to leave supposedly after every Bond movie. This is the one where you, you got to get let him go. Maybe you're not kicking him in the butt out the door, but you're definitely closing the door before he has a chance to turn around. Yeah. Well, and you know what a film that is maybe a, a film I'm not going to see because it's a kid's film, but I'm intrigued by now. Mm-hmm. Adam's Family 2. Yeah. Down only 42, made 10 million. 
Yeah. And, and this is a film that's available on PVOD, which yeah. is good. It, if it was streaming on some sort of streaming site, that would be bad. But it's either pay for it at the theater or pay for it at home. And, and it's doing really well at home, too. So this movie is making bank because I do think that they have kept this this film at a good budget. And this is United Artists. It's the same company that does Bond. So they're doing something right in some areas. Wow. Very interesting to see because United Artists is is not a powerhouse studio. But to see it have two out of the top three movies is it's you know it's a statistical anomaly but it must be nice for for whoever it is that's working at united artists to to look at that and see that they got two of the top three movies in the in north america yeah the the adams family movie at 31 million it's nicely low budgeted and it's you know today as we record this is what monday august 11th Mm -hmm. right is that the day october October, geez, uh, mon- uh, Monday, October 11th. So this movie has got 20 days of playing through Halloween. And if you remember last year, the October 2020 box office, you had stuff like Hocus Pocus just racking up dollars all month because even though we were at the height of the pandemic and movie theaters were in flux, it was a family-targeted Halloween movie that was playing through October. And so Adam's Family has pretty much got that space to itself, you know, because we're, we're, we've talked about it. And if you haven't listened, listen to our uh, emergency up last week where we talked about Hotel Transylvania 4 opening in January on Amazon Prime. Adam's Family 2 is the only family Halloween movie playing this month. So it's probably going to be pretty leggy for the next three weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's already at 31. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this film does. It didn't lose any theaters. So, I mean, obviously it's second weekend, so it's probably wouldn't have. But we'll see what it holds on to because, you know, there's going to be some films dropping completely out and Adam's family might take some of these screens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so good performance from the Adams family. Let's go, I guess the Venom number dropped 64%. I mean, that is what it is for these these big, you know, comic book movies or even the fast movies. They've all been dropping from anywhere between, you know, high 50s to 70%. So I, I think this number is fine. 32 it's million in for line. the weekend is fine. Yeah, it's I'm in line. Worried. I think this third weekend, it'll be interesting to see if it stabilizes, you know, because we have seen for the big movies that have done well this summer, you got that 60 to 70% drop, and then it's sort of stabilizing as like 40% drops after that. So we'll see if Venom drops, you know, another 50% or if it's lower. Obviously, Halloween Kills is probably really direct competition for Venom. That's pretty much the same audience. But, I mean, I don't think anyone could be anything but thrilled with what Venom is doing. And I will say, though, total. Halloween's kill, Halloween Kills is R. Mm-hmm. Venom, Let There Be Carnage is PG-13. So there could be younger, younger kids that are yeah. going to that for their Halloween uh, heebie-jeebies. Right, right. 
And right. speaking of heebie-jeebies, just a little shout out, number nine, Candyman, which made under a million this weekend, but it is now at $60 million in seven wow. weeks. That is a really good total for that film. Wow. And let's see, it's still in 1,100 theaters. And I would guess it lost 592 theaters last weekend. It's probably going to lose a lot this weekend because of Halloween. But you would think that whatever theaters it remains in through October will probably have a pretty good per theater average because it's still a horror movie that's playing through Halloween. And whatever theaters it's left in, I think it'll be fairly popular in. So it could still add a couple million dollars more this month. It could get itself up to like 63, 64 million. And then, you know, the next few weeks and then that'll be it. Well, you know, what might be a boon for this is drive-ins double, Mm -hmm. double feature with Halloween kills. That's oh, because they're both universal. That's so dead on. That's a great one because that happened for nobody when it was paired in drive-ins with F9. Yeah, and I would definitely go if I had a car and do that double feature. That would be so fun. Oh, that's that's an interesting thing to see if we could get some numbers on next weekend because it, it, you're right, it'll definitely be paired with Halloween Kills at a lot of drive-ins. That, that, yeah, that could... That could like superficially boost Candyman's numbers next weekend. That'll be interesting to keep track of. And in one other number eight, Lamb, an A24 film, made a million dollars at 583 theaters mm-hmm. per theater total, 1700. 1, and I'm seeing some headlines that, oh, the. You know, the 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 art house um, box office is back. I wouldn't go that far. That's a nice, tidy sum. It's nice to see a movie like that getting into the top 10. But I still wouldn't say, hey, art house is back. No. Uh, here's my prediction for what's going to happen with Lamb is that it's one of those A24 movies where the trailers trick a lot of people into the door the first week or so because they think it's going to be a horror movie. And I haven't seen Lamb, so I don't know. But I'm guessing based on A24, usual practice, is it is not going to be nearly as much of a horror movie as the trailers make it seem. And you're going to get a lot of disappointed audience and not a lot of mainstream buzz coming out of it. You know, so Lamb is playing in October, opened pretty well, but my bet is you're going to have a lot of, oh, this wasn't actually a horror movie buzz coming yeah. out of it. it was, so I don't think it'll, I don't, I don't think it'll do that well this month. I, I feel like this opening weekend is as good as it's going to get. Yeah, it's not happenstance that A24 put this out around Halloween. Right, right. Right. This was a little bit of a trickery, the same way Many Saints of Newark was a front to get you to watch The Sopranos. And listen, God bless. This is what you got to do. But I I do think that Lamb trailer is probably going to get people in the door that first weekend. But I don't think this will catch on all month. It's a trick, not a treat. Yes. Yes. What you got to listen. 
you got to have both. So it's yeah, that's what it is. You can't go out expecting only treats. Right. You're going to get right. a few tricks in there. Right. Um, so. Yeah. Anything so, else on these on from past weekend? I mean, I think Bond, we've pretty much said it all. Do you have any just to throw this out here? Do you have any based off this opening weekend and the response from the young audience is not really giving a shit about Bond? Any thoughts on what they possibly could do with it going forward, aside from lowering the budget? You know, is there that star that could come in and play Bond that you think would make a difference in the box office to the youngsters? No, and and it's that's really hard to wade into these waters mm-hmm. because I just, I mean, there's there's so many things, there's so many ways you can go with this. I will say to not get into any sort of murky waters. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a young actor mm-hmm. that is a that is enough of a draw that would want to do Bond mm-hmm. in order to make it successful purely with who is starring as Bond. Right. Right. I think right. the IP is always stronger than the actor in these films. The IP sometimes makes the actor in these films, mm-hmm. but we're getting to a point where you know you got to think, okay, who's going to come in here and be able to do something with this? And I, like right right off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody who who could or would want to. Right, right, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, I can't think of. I mean, I'm sure there are. Wanna be oh boys, wanna be oh girls, wanna be oh people. People who are maybe screaming at their listening device right now, screaming at their iPhone, screaming at their uh, MP3 player, however they're listening to us, and they're yelling out the name of some kind of Twitch streamer or or gamer or or you know TikTok star who they think would really move the needle as Bond. So we just might not have access in our brains to who that person is and there may just be the perfect twitch uh streaming star who if you if you 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 put the tuxedo on that twitcher and 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 give them a a a more you know a a shaken not stirred drink that that's going to mean baffa bobo but i can't think of who that person is yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so far out of. I, I mean, I would say one of the Paul brothers, but I I I, I think they're too focused on their fighting careers, as they yes. should be. Yes, yes. You you can't ask them to take all that time out of their training that they would need to film a Bond movie. I mean, they've they, got they, the bods for it. They definitely they got, got the, the bods for it. They got the bods for Bond, that's for sure. But if they were to take you know, six months out of their year to go film a Bond movie and, and not train in that time, they're putting themselves in severe risk of injury when they have their boxing matches. And mm-hmm. and you can't ask them to do that, and I don't think they'd consider it. I mean, you know, obviously the biggest movie star going today is Joker. Joker, though, is a Warner Brothers uh, 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 contracted star, so I don't see joker as bond being possible though that's the obvious the obvious situation in which a star could revitalize the the bond ip 
So other than that, I just I don't see who that star is who makes a difference. And, and, and I don't think you could youngify the tone to make a big difference going forward. Yeah, and I think that this conversation is moot because we all know that some loser from the crown is going to get it. Yes, 100%. 100%. It's going to be whoever plays uh, Prince Harry or, or whoever. Yeah. Or Prince Philip. Is that... would Young Prince Philip. It'll be young Prince Philip will end up playing Bond, whoever that is. Yeah. So let's look to the future. Not that mm-hmm. far in the future, but... This coming weekend, mm-hmm. we've got two films coming out, and I would say one is big and one is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's get this out of the way first. The Last Duel. Okay. This is a Ridley Scott film starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. They teamed up to write this film. Well, only the men's scenes, right? Because didn't the actress... Uh, uh, write the female scenes. It was uh, Nicole Hofsener wrote the screenplay with Damon and and Affleck, and apparently she wrote the female dialogue and they wrote the male dialogue. Uh, I don't know how that works, but that is what they have said that they went back and forth writing scenes. I do think this is a a, a movie where it's it's one of those you know different scenes are from d- the perspective of different characters. You know, like this is how it really happened, like a Rashomon type mm-hmm. situation or or a, a body shots situation. Yes. You know, one of those famous Rashomon slash body shots uh, uh, type of movies. Yeah. And so I think you they did something like that where certain scenes were written from different perspectives. So that's how it was written. I and mean, you the know what? Star- I'm not goofing on that because know your strengths, know your strengths right. and know your weaknesses. Right, right. But, but the thing is, this is still set in like medieval times. So even though you had Affleck and Damon writing the men, they're writing men who are not from Boston in the 80s. So I don't know if you're really having them write to their strengths anyway. You know, That's like true. They, they were already out of their comfort zone. Right, right, right. You know, like if, if the last duel were set at Fenway... And they were only writing the scenes starring men, and it takes place in Fenway. Then I would say this is a possible, you know, Oscar-winning script. They're totally in their comfort zone, but they're writing men, which is good for them. But they're writing men who, you know, uh, do not uh, uh, pass by the Cheers bar on their way to work. So yeah. I, I don't know how successful it's going to be for them. Now, Adam Driver is also in this film, so he's a great value add. I don't think he necessarily brings something, anything to the box office, truly. We can't really say he does that at this point. He's a great actor, no. though. Um, so, tracking well, well, the, right the, the, now... The stars, the real stars of this movie are Adam Driver and Damon. Like, Affleck is actually... I think we talk about him because of the the Affleck Damon connection and like the novelty that this is the first time they're they're in a movie together since Goodwill Hunting. But the the actual like above the title stars are Damon and Driver and then Jodie Comer. I think I think Affleck is basically like a featured cameo in this. Jodie Comer of Free Guy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. So she's okay. This could be, you know. That adds a little bit of spice to this. 
I yeah, know it's it a different does. it's it's a different audience, but you know, it's it's that's a name. Like the fact that I recognize her name now mm-hmm. is there's gonna be other people that are, oh, she's the woman from Free Guy. Let's see if she can do drama. Right. Well, I mean the question is, is there an audience for adult drama right now? You know, because this is that is that is what this movie is. This is an old fashioned you know, mid-budget adult drama. And the oldsters, we saw with Bond. Bond couldn't get the oldsters out in, in a giant way. So is this medieval drama going to do it? And and that feels really iffy at best. I, I'm going to say no. Right now it's tracking at 5 to 12 million. And Oof. I'm definitely going 6, 6 million. Wow. God, that's low. I mean, you know, the best comp to this is is honestly, what was the Matt Damon movie that came out over the summer? I was just was like, gonna look that up. It was the it was the 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 fake Amanda Knox movie where they basically did the Amanda Knox story, but they didn't pay her for her life rights. Was it Stillwater? Yes, it was movie? it was Stillwater, yeah. Which which did reasonably well. Because what is the opening weekend on Stillwater? Because I would think Last Duel should do at least as well as Stillwater because it's they're both Damon movies and this one at least has, I think, a little bit more mainstream buzz than Stillwater did. Stillwater did 5.1. I, I still think this is, but also this is a period movie and, right. and these movies don't do well. Period, like... Uh, the King Arthur type movies, those movies don't do well. Right, right, right. So I think, I think, I actually think the Knox movie is more of something someone would go see than this. Right. What huh. are you saying? I mean, I think it's got to do better than Stillwater. I mean, which would be like you said, six million. I mean, I guess I- I'll go seven million, but it it's. At this at this point, Last Duel does feel like it has zero buzz in the air. You know, I don't hear anyone talking about the Matt. They're not really pushing the Damon Affleck thing. You know, I haven't seen them, and maybe I've missed it, but I haven't seen Damon and Affleck squeeze into a a, a carpool karaoke with James Corden. I haven't seen them really making the rounds. As a pair, like, hey, the the boys are back in town, the gang's back together. Yeah. And and that's kind of what you would have needed to do to drum up interest in this movie. And and, uh, Adam Driver has another Ridley Scott movie coming out next month. And it just kind of feels like they've all punted on Last Duel and are just going to put all their promotion into the house of Gucci movie. That That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. So I, I, I definitely think this is uh, going to go very low. Obviously, you know, when we were talking about comp still water, you mentioned body shots. I mean, it's definitely going to make more than body shots, which opened to $488,000 in is 1999. That, is that uh, all that body shots open to? It it only opened in three hundred nine theaters, so it ranked at number eighteen. Wow! When it came out. So so, 
the you know the Rashomon movies they don't necessarily do that great especially when they have you know the when when it's when it's about assault right that's what this right. movie is about we're not making jokes about it but that's what this movie's about so right it's it's also it's it's an interesting heavy subject matter do people want to go to the theater for this heavy subject matter is also a question right right yeah, it's 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 not it's not a fun movie, you know, topic for sure. And the marketing is matching it. I, I think they just don't know what to do with it. They're not pushing the Damon Affleck angle. Ridley Scott and Adam Driver already looking ahead to House of Gucci. They're not pushing, you know, it's a it's a medieval movie. The thing is, it's a medieval movie that doesn't have dragons. And, you know, mm-hmm. medieval movies with dragons are often a uh, uh, flip of a coin. But when you have one that has no dragons, uh, I think it's really tough to sell a medieval movie with zero dragons. And that's what Last Duel is. So I, I'll say seven. I could see it going lower than that. I mean, listen, there is a chance this totally washes out and does under five. Makes four. Makes It does cries macho. Yeah, um, but I mean, I'll it's possible say, this cries macho. God, does this cry macho? I mean, it's not on a streamer day and date, right? That's very true. So, yeah, I mean, the you got the oldsters who, if they're going to go out to a movie this weekend, it'll probably be to Bond. So there's just no audience for Last Duel. You know, I it's think, best case yeah. scenario. I think I'm going on the high end with seven. And I think no to see this hit 10. The the 18 to 34s are not seeing this. No, not when kills is out. Not when Halloween kills is out. No. So so last duel is last duel feels like a write off. Last duel feels like when they uh, 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 when Uwe Boll filmed Blubberella while he was making Blood Rain, you know, or, or whatever movie he was making while he you know when he filmed blubberella off to the side like last duel feels like the blubberella of house of gucci i think it was blood rain three okay yeah yeah i i think then that's the case it's like house of gucci is blood rain three and 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 last duel is is blubberella it's oh it's i'm the sorry movie it wasn't Blood Rain three. It was Blood Rain the Third Reich. That's why I got it confused. Okay, got it. Yeah. There's they are very close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's so, what this feels like. Even though I know Last Duel was filmed totally separately, the fact that it's coming out a month before, it feels like something Ridley Scott and Adam Driver just shot. You know, uh, in between takes of House of Gucci. Yeah. I mean, we don't know if that's not a fact. I think it's not a fact. I think it's not a fact, but it feels like it is a fact. And that's a problem for them. Absolutely. So let's go on to the big hitter, the heavy hitter here. Mm -hmm. Michael Myers, Halloween Kills. This film is tracking from 40 to 55. Interesting. Now, the first Halloween in this iteration Open to what, 76? It opened up on October 19th, 2018. Its opening weekend was $76 million. Wow. Now, I doubt it. Way over expectations at that time. That that was a, that was a 
incredible overperformance. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Pat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You seem less hyped on this film than me. I, I mean, listen, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But, and I've said it since the announcement came out, that the also streaming on Peacock aspect of Halloween Kills, and when I saw that on, on the poster for this movie... When I was taking the subway and I saw that poster and there's a little streaming on, on Peacock, bottom of the poster, that did devalue this movie for me. It, it devalued it because, listen, if it's at also available on uh, Disney Plus premium access, I would say that almost raises the prestige of a movie. But seeing that also streaming on Peacock, devalued the property and then there also was the aspect of how many people will watch this on peacock instead they'd have to pay for peacock they would have to you you would think but i i would say peacock is going to be one of those streamers that a lot of people have and they didn't realize they have it until they finally check because they're you know what Halloween Kills is there. Do I have this? And then they'll check and they'll say, oh, I bought a, you know, uh, 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 I had Comcast cable in the last 10 years. Turns out that gives me a year of free Peacock. Or, uh, you know, I bought a, uh, a Seinfeld mug at the NBC Experience store in 2017. So it turns out that that allows me to have a, a free month of Peacock. You know, there's a lot of ways that people could have Peacock and not not pay for it. And so you're going to get some amount of people who are going to check, see if they get Peacock and they'll watch it at home. Now, here's I don't know. Thing. I don't know how much that's going to cut in. But but the fact that it's on Peacock, it just it just does lower the buzz and the prestige of this theatrical release. Well, here's a way that. It streaming on Peacock could affect the box office in a different way. And I'm talking okay. about, and I hate to do this. I hate to shine the light on these cockroaches. Oh, God. But pirates. Okay. Will have a pristine copy of this film mm-hmm. to spread around the internet willy nilly. And that could be a way that this cuts into that box office because I love the gorehounds and the horror heads, but you know they like to find their obscure horror movies and they right. go to seedy places to find them. And I'm not against that because if you can't find these films anywhere else, what else are you gonna do? But say they right. go on there and they're looking for oh I want this you know Japanese dub. Uh, sequel to Basket Case that only came out in Asia. Mm-hmm. They go on their their torrent site and they see Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. Do you think these gore hounds, these these uh, ghouls, these uh, these z- zombie lovers are gonna look at that and not take it? Right. They're going to be tempted. And I get it. You want as much horror as your little brain can stand. 
Horror fans love their horror, and there's no end to it. They just love it. So if they have an opportunity to see this movie, however they're going to see it, they may torrent it, which Mm -hmm. is my fear, because I want to be in a theater with bloodthirsty maniacs to see this film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that the bloodthirsty maniacs want to go out, and they want to wow out in the theaters. And to give them that temptation to just torrent it is, it's hard. It's tempting. So that would be the one reason I would think this movie would make less than I want it to, which is more than Bond. Because if it makes more than Bond, that's really showing a generational shift and a a shift in what people go to the theater to see. Yeah, if this makes more than Bond, I mean, because Halloween is obviously... Big IP. It's been around since what? The first one came out in the late 70s or or early 80s? I believe it's 78. So it's been around at this point for 33, no, 43 years. So it's a IP that is endured, but it should not be James Bond level. And it's also streaming in Bond was theaters only. So yeah, if Halloween opens up bigger than Bond, then this fully tells us that the box office audience has changed and possibly changed forever. Because Halloween yeah. Halloween should not Halloween kills should not be opening up bigger than Bond. It just shouldn't. You know, before this month started, when we looked at this, we we all should have agreed Bond has to open up bigger than Halloween kills. It's just a bigger IP getting a much bigger push and it's unlike Halloween. It's only in theaters. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, you know, Halloween opened to 75. It's so, it. Well, here, here's the thing with that opening is that first, that, I mean, first that, that 2018 Halloween movie was really well liked and it opened up to 76 million. So, you would think, you know, even looking at the the Venom movie that opened in the 80s and then Venom 2 opened up at 90, you would think that the sequel might actually do better because it was it's the sequel to a movie that that people really enjoyed. So, if it wasn't for the streaming part of this, would Halloween Kills have actually had an opportunity to open bigger than 76 million? Are you saying? Are you saying with uh, in pandemic conditions, like in not, the, yeah, in, this in the time, current conditions, in yeah. the current conditions, if it, if it was not also on streaming, I, I don't think Peacock's going to make as big of a difference as you say. Other than I do think it maybe it's the it's the it's the stuff I don't like to talk about, which is the pirating, which is right, a right. true uh, issue. Yeah, um, but it's but you know Jason Blum wanted this he wanted to do the streaming thing he asked to have this go day and date because he was he said well freaky came out last november i mean last october didn't do well and he wanted that movie to be seen and he thought that he just wants this film to be seen i feel like that's some sort of spin because number one freaky is not a good movie i mean it's a great concept i don't i can't believe no one else thought of it first right right but it's a slam it's not, doing concept for sure. Slam, slam doing concept, 
And, uh, you know, it, it makes me think, what if, what if, you know, two people had come up with that and, you know, uh, and, and done something really fun with it. Right. Right. And then, you know, th- I feel like Freaky was not a good movie and it's not a Halloween film. And the fact that he's saying, well, people might not be able to see this movie. That's an insane thing to say. People will see this movie. There's right. no way that this is going to fall off the radar like Freaky did. So yeah. that's not that's an apples to orange comparison of Freaky, which is an original concept and a Mike Myers Halloween film, which he's an icon. So right. I, I think that's spur- spurious uh, explanation for why this happened. I yeah. think they came to him and I think they said, listen, we're dying. Mm-hmm. Peacock, we're dying. We've got Girls 5 Eva. Right, right. And he right. said, what the fuck is that? And right. they said, we we can't really explain. It's not right. worth your time or your ears. Right. And so they said, please do this and please make it seem like it was your idea. And mm-hmm. Jason Blum, being a good guy, said, sure. I'll help you guys out. I'm a yeah. company man. I'll help you guys out. And it's like, yeah. uh, so here's my question. Let's get down to brass tacks here. Okay. What is your, do you think this movie makes more than Bond? So does this movie make more than what? 56 million, right? Yeah, That's Bond's it, three day. And it could open to 56 because Bond actually opened to 55. So mm-hmm. I do. I do think so. Okay, great. I, I agree. I do think so. I think it could hit 60, but probably high 50s. It's just, it's, it's it's a movie that may not be it's not going to be nearly as leggy as the 2018 Halloween because I do think the peacock and 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 pirated version aspect is really going to affect it next week because mm-hmm. I think next week a lot of people are going to watch probably probably more the pirated version than the peacock version but they're going to watch it in a big way on television over the next week but I think for opening weekend, people are going to go. And I do think it could hit 60 domestic opening weekend. Is that your call is 60? I'm going to say 59. That's wow. My okay. Call. Th- that was my number two. But I'll go, you know, I was, I was right there. 59. Because I was thinking 58 feels good. 57 feels good. I'll go 57. Okay. And I know that's really just you know uh, cutting a cutting a lima bean into really small slices, right? Right. But I do think that it's going to be in that area. But I do think it beats Bond. I mean, this movie beating Bond is 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 a got to be such a wake up call to the broccoli family and and whoever you know is going to be making decisions on on the future of the Bond franchise. And it's just going to be a big part of the history of this era of box office when the B.O. boys write about how the audience changed forever. You know, this Venom Bond Halloween Kills three weekends in a row is going to be really telling that story of how the youngsters took over and the old stories were sent out to pasture. And and I would say if you're 18 to 34, I would say, yes, I know you want to torrent it. I know you have that feeling that you just want to go and you want you want to take this 
in pieces, mm-hmm. you know? But if you want to make a statement, Venom at 90 million was a statement. Mm-hmm. All you horror heads and gore hounds can say, let's put the dirt on Bond. Mm-hmm. Let's go out there and let's the inmates take over the asylum. Mm-hmm. Go see this film in theaters. Let this film beat Bond. Show your stripes. Show your bloody, bloody stripes. Mm-hmm. We are horror heads. We are gore hounds. And we will not be silenced. The The theater is now our domain. Mm-hmm. We're not in here with you. You're in here with us. Yes. Yes. This could be... Michael Myers' greatest kill yet when he raises his knife and he brings it down right into the sticky, gooey forehead of James Bond himself. Because Michael Myers this weekend with Halloween Kills can, in fact, kill James Bond. Yeah. I want to see on the cover of Variety Mm -hmm. a drawn cartoon... Michael Myers holding up yes. the decapitated head of James Bond. Yes. Yes. A knife in the right hand and holding Bond's head in the left hand. That's great. That's and then great. under it, no time to die with a bloody slash through no. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Somebody get George Plimpton on that cartoon. And you could make this happen. You could make this happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do it. Do it. I know you. Yeah. Want, I know you want to torrent this, but don't do it. No, this is this is the time. This is you get to be Michael Myers this weekend. All of the, yes. the gore hounds who who have a chance to go to the box office. This is your chance to put on the mask and to kill in a legal way at the box office. Because you go and you buy your ticket to Halloween Kills and you get that number up to $60 million, you will get to be Michael Myers killing James Bond. The ultimate Halloween costume. Yeah. Well, this is great. What, let, we're, I'm going to be so excited this weekend to see these numbers rolling in. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Everything's big. Everything's big. Even if it's 56, 56 is still big. Bond yeah. was still big. Yeah. 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 It's it's going to be fun because there is a there is a matchup this weekend. And it's clear. Halloween kills. If it gets to that 56 and it gets over what James Bond did, it is a generational battle at stake this weekend. And I can't wait. So Pat, I think I think we did it. Now we do have to mention uh, the ongoing, uh, mm-hmm. our ongoing campaign. Yes, yes. To get Jackass Forever to be released in October, October 29th, right? Is where that, when we want it. That's the date. You know, if you heard last week's episode, we talked about how Jackass Forever is currently uh, been pushed back. It's scheduled for February 2022. We, of course, are making the case that they got to just release it now. The optimal weekend is uh, Friday, October 29th. That the, the time is getting close. It's getting really close, but they could still pull that off. And we wrote about it. We wrote an entire case for why 
Paramount needs to release Jackass Forever now over at our Substack. So go over to theboboys.substack.com, check out that article, and then spread that article all over social media using the hashtag JackassForeverNow. Uh, we actually got a... Let me find this right now. We got an email to the B.O. Boys uh, podcast at gmail.com. Someone sent out a suggestion, which is hashtag back that jackass up. That was their suggestion for the... It's a great suggestion. So I don't know if... Do we want to change it to that? Email or fuzzy... Fuzzy Moose sent us that suggestion. Hashtag back that jackass up. Here's what I say. Both. Use both hashtags. Yes. I love it. You can't have too many. Yeah. So so that is our directive right now to all of you want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people. People. To spread the article on our Substack all over social media and use the hashtags First, hashtag jackass forever now and hashtag back that jackass up. And thank you, Fuzzy Moose, for that. Yeah. That 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 perfect hashtag. Now yeah. I and, and here's the thing, this isn't on a whim. It's not just because we want to see this film, although we do want to see this film. This is fact based. This is number based. This is yep. telling Paramount that this is the optimal time to release this film because yeah. the third the, the 18 to 34 year olds are out in force. Yep. This is a perfect film for them. It's yep. a perfect accompaniment to the films that are being released in October. Yeah. And you would be business wise stupid to not crunch those numbers and put this film out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in researching this article, and this was this was a heavily researched article, like you said, all fact-based, all number-based. And I think we both knew that the Jackass movies, in our heads, were like, oh yeah, they usually come out in the fall. In researching this, it was stunning to see the regularity with which all of these Jackass movies came out There was one Jackass film, Jackass Part 2, came out in late September. Otherwise, all of the other Jackass films and Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa all came out in October, often around October 25th. These movies have a clear pattern, and if Paramount sticks to their guns now and releases Jackass Forever in February, they will be breaking a tried and true successful pattern that is a mistake that is the type of thing we go into in depth in that substack article so check out the boboys.substack.com and then spread that all over the internet yeah paramount because this could be a jackass 3d or it could be an action point so a movie that was not released in the fall or released in the summer and we all know how that went yep so Hashtag Jackass Forever Now. Hashtag Back That Jackass Up. Oh, Pat. So we we did. Oh, Clubhouse. Go on Clubhouse. Yeah. Our boy Brandon Gray. Box office revival. He's killing it over there. The box office is definitely back, and he is leading the charge. So go out there. 
mm-hmm. uh, go on that app and start talking. Yeah. And I think we said it all, so there's nothing left to say except for it. until next time. We'll smell 